funny that she says that because, I mean, uh, we're talking this morning about what church is. What, it, you know, what church is. Somehow through all time, church has kind of evolved, so to speak. We get our mindset of what church should be or what we think it should be or, or what we want it to be. We have our own tastes. There's things that we like, things that we don't like. And, you know, as we get in this new building where, you know, hey, here's where the lights come up. You actually get to read your notes if you're taking notes or your Bible. And the other, you couldn't see your Bible. People are like, wow, you preach off an iPad. You know one of the reasons? Because I couldn't see my notes. But an iPad, at least it had light behind it and I could, I could read them. But anyway, so we want to talk about what church is. And so the scripture I'm going to use today, so if you have your Bible, you want to grab your Bible. If you got it on your phone, which is totally cool, use your phone app, the Version Bible app. We're on there as well. All that stuff. We have our own app for the church. If you go into whatever, you know, whether it's Google Play Store or you can go to, if you have an iPhone, you can find True Life Church. Search that. We have our own app. You can get messages. All of that's free. Just download all that stuff. Uh, so anyway, get to your Bible. This passage is you're going to you're going to hear it. You're going to go, oh, I've, I've heard this one. And we have. It's used primarily uh, for marriage counseling and things. But I want to kind of push the limits a little bit. I want to kind of take it, maybe kind of peel the onion back and go maybe a little bit deeper that not only is it used for that, but what if God has another plan? What if, uh, not, not another, but maybe some more that he means, maybe some things we could pull out, something that we could go, yeah, because we want to be who God wants us to be. How many understand that? Uh, God, I just want to be what you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. When I was a kid, I just wanted to please my parents. I wanted them to be proud of me. So, you know, I love saying, God, what, what could I do? How, how is church supposed to be? Ephesians, if you have your Bible, chapter 5, 22 through 32 is what I'm going to read. You're going to recognize it as soon as I start reading. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He's the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy, clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be, a holy, uh, she will be holy and without fault in the same way. Husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother, joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. We're going to talk about Christ and the church. Hopefully you're taking notes. Research shows that 98% of the people who take notes make it to heaven, and the calories they eat don't turn to fat. (laughs) I need a pen, please. (laughs) I'm taking notes right now. I'm burning calories just as I'm in church. (laughs) I want to talk about the bride. So let's pray for just a second and we'll get started. Father, in Jesus' name, help us just to understand. Help us to just get down from our head to our heart. Let it just drop 18 inches so that we can kind of take some stuff away today and be forever changed for your glory. In Jesus' name. How many here grew up in church? I mean, you know, if it was just part of it, whether you even understood church or not, we've all had all different kinds of church. If I was to ask who's, who's raised Catholic, we'd have people, Lutheran, Episcopalian, Holy Roller, whoop, whoop, Pentecostal. 
I mean, we would have everybody. You know, we got all these people all been raised in church. And then church was always, you know, kind of like something from the Godfather. Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday. You know, everything was church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Church, 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 church. Grew up in church. Everything was the church. So, all of that being said, why, what, what's happened over time? What was our viewpoint of all of that? Some of us are just amazed right now. I haven't been to church since I was a kid. I'm surprised the doors are still open. The church hasn't fell in. Have you ever had people say that? If I come to church, the whole building will collapse. You know, I haven't been to church for years or that kind of thing. And, and so you're, you're sitting here just like, wow, okay. This is, this is all right. It's not so bad. We're not going to keep you that long. So just hang on. It's going to be all right. But see, church hasn't always been done right. Church hasn't always been done probably. I mean, how many know since church is done by people, it's not always done the way God would want it? There are people that have been hurt in church. God never wanted that. Because people make mistakes. People do some things wrong. People take liberties they shouldn't. People, you know, they call it wrong. They figure it out and they think this. And maybe that's not what God had in mind at all. But God came up with church, not people. It was God's idea. The problem I think that we're having is we get busy doing church instead of being church. We do church, but we forget we are the church. I mean, this is a great building, and we've done a lot of work to change it, but when it all comes down to it, this is the building. I'm looking at the church. The church are people. That's God's, that's His precious gifts, are people. This is wonderful. We can always change paint color. I mean, this is living proof. This was a moose lodge. Now it houses people praising God. The word church comes from the Greek word found in the New Testament. Uh, and I've heard people say it's excelsior, or ecclesia, however you want to say it. It's E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A. But it talks about assembling a group of believers. Meaning the church is really not just a place. It's a bunch of people that get together. You've been to a family reunion? It's just, it's like your family getting together. You ever have people come up? Oh, he's a Gleason. Mm-hmm. I told you last week, people came up to me and said, Are you related to Zach? Like, Zach's related to me. I'm his dad. Oh, he's a Gleason. You see, church isn't about where, it's about who. You and I are called to be the church. We shouldn't just do church out of duty. I mean, it's good to be at church. It's good to go to church. It's good to attend church. It's good to assemble. The Bible talks about that. But just to do it, just to go through the motions. What if we, it's not that we have to come to church. We get to come to church. Thank God for America. We're about to celebrate 4th of July and freedom, but you know, freedom didn't come. It was a price. There's people that paid for us to be free in this great nation. People that gave their very lives because they believed in something bigger than them. Some of, you know, this would be a great time if I had my face painted blue and I could run through here going, freedom! <laughs> what movie is that from? Come on. <laughs> Braveheart. Yeah, all right. So what's the purpose of the church? I'm going to give you quick three things about the purpose of the church, and I'm going to give you three more things that won't take very long. First is threefold, ministry unto God. 
We gather together to bless the name of Jesus. We gather together to praise God. That's why at the beginning of service we have praise and worship. Because we are kind of focusing. Here's why we came. Let's put it right up front. Make no bones about it. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We came to praise God. How many in the building love God today? We came to praise Him and we want to praise Him. So that's what we do. So we praise and worship. We love that. But it's not for the concert of all of us. It's for the the audience of one. It's for the audience of one. Mallory is the leader. She seeks, God, what do you want me to sing? What do you want us to do? How do you want us to do it? Why? She's not taking a poll of what everybody... She's just saying, God, what do you want? We just came to praise you. And all of this worship team, they get on the same page. And they feel that anointing. And they, they just, God, how do I do this? Let me play to the best of my ability. When we worship and bless our God, how many know that things start to change? The psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. When we magnify something, it grows bigger. My question to us this morning, are we magnifying problems or promises? Answers or problems? You see, what we feed grows and what we starve dies. What are we feeding? How's your life going? If we would magnify God, what would change? His presence could grow bigger. If you're taking notes, here's our answer, Jesus. He's always the answer. So it's not just ministering to God. Secondly, it ministers to believers. What I'm doing now is what the Bible calls preaching. Preaching means to proclaim. I'm telling others about how wonderful God is. All over these great United States, at this time in so many states all across this nation, people are doing just what you're doing. They're in a house of worship. They're, they're meeting. They're gathering together. They're listening to people worship. They're hearing people praise. They're watching and listening to people preach about God's goodness. Proclaiming the truth. The Bible says that the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. But to, but to us that are being saved, it's the power of God. What's cool about God is we can all be on a different path. I mean, as far as maybe the path, we all want to get to heaven. Everybody wants to. If you don't want to get to heaven, something ain't right. Because there's really only two places, smoking and non-smoking. Have people ever tell you this? Oh, I'm going to go to hell and party with my friends. Party in hell's canceled due to fire. Just saying. What we got to understand is, man, God is amazing. Through His Spirit, you can come here all needing different things. All having different needs in your life, different places. And somehow, by God's presence, He can hit that button. He can do what's needed to be done. He can touch you where no one else can touch you. And all of a sudden, you can have an answer. He can drop a secret in and say, do this, do that. I'm going to change that. You just help me. Believe in me and I can make it all work out. He's an amazing God. So it's not just for the ministry for God and believers. It's also to the world. When we come in on Sunday, we want to be filled with His presence. Because we want to go out the rest of the week and be the church. Brett, you mean I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be good to that boss that's not good to me? The best of your ability. Sometimes you ever just have stuff and you have a rough week and you just go, oh, I'd like to say some things. Some of us are going, I already said them. <laughs> so, you know, 
Maybe it's not right, but I'm telling you, thank God for grace and forgiveness. But we all get on that. We, we got to be the church. We got to be who God wants us to be. We got to be genuine. Quit trying to be holier than thou. Just, I mean, just, just be genuine. So we got to be the church at work, at school, at home, to our neighbors, through the drive through at Starbucks when they get your order wrong. And they charge you $5 anyway. How about McDonald's? I took Maddie through a drive through last night when she got off work. Man, I don't know if they're playing Chinese checkers in there or what. I'm just like, what the heck? Are you like, are you going out to the farm and killing the cow and then bringing it or what? I mean, we just sat there and sat there. My daughter is giving me a lesson in patience. She said, Dad, do I need to be mom? <laughs> True story. She said, she said, they're going to get to us right away. Don't you worry about it, Dad. They're going to see our order. They're going to take care of it. It's going to be perfect. They're going to get to us right away. I wanted to turn around and say, you know what? You're, you can just be quiet. But, you know, she no sooner and said that, and I bet you not 30 seconds, and the girl came out, not at the drive-thru window, came out and said, sorry about your wait. Here, go ahead. We're going to take your order right now. Here's your food. Give me your card and all that. And then I look over at Maddie, and she's going. Yeah. I'm glad she pays attention to my messages. Jesus said this. Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Isn't that pretty cool? We're on assignment from God to rescue people from hell. To tell them about the goodness of God. Now, basically, we tell them he's the one that did it. But isn't that so cool? At TLC, we want to be used by God to rescue others. People that are drugged out and stuck out on heroin. People that are homeless and people that need help. Could we help them? God, is there a way that we could reach out and show them instead of saying, here, here, you can eat for a day, but what if we could show you how to eat for life? God, if you could use anything, use us. We're to minister to the world. Whatever we avoid, the devil will invade. Whatever we avoid... The devil will invade. But we can go into the darkness with the light of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We can go into a dark room and God can order our steps and he can light the way and we can see the way to go because Jesus went before us. When we talk about the church, there's a lot of metaphors. Paul said we are the body of Christ. We're all needed. We all are different parts of the body. We're good to the fingers without the hands and all that. He said we're, we're like living stones built upon each other. Just trying to symbolize how important things are. So today we're going to talk about the bride of Christ. Why are we called the bride of Christ? I've been married to the same woman for over 33 years. Man, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you. I'm telling you, man, she's cute. She'd make a bulldog break his chain. She walks into the room, I'm just like, oh, man. When I first met Kim, when I first saw her, I was at Ponderosa, which is now a budget car lot on 423. How many Delaware Avenue? Remember? I was, I was their head cook at Ponderosa. I just came back to town. They just had said, we need you. We want you to come and cook and be our head cook. I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And Kim walks by. They had, she, I can still tell you, one of the few times, I mean, see, girls can remember everything. Guys, we only remember certain things, don't we? 
good man. But she had, they had a, she was a hostess and she had on a brown dress and she was carrying a, a tray of steaks. And I was talking to the manager and, and actually it was Charlotte's sister, um, my mother-in-law's sister. She was one of the managers there. And so she was saying, I just had met her. And she said, well, I understand you used to cook here and, and we, need a, we need a head cook, yada, 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 And here goes Kim. She walks by carrying that steak. I'm telling you. I am like a deer in the pasture. And I said, who's that? And she looked at me and pointed her finger in my face. She said, that is my niece, and you keep your hands away from her. You just... you know, so she just put off the, the, you know, the blocks right there. But anyway, one thing led to another, and she somehow thought I was cute enough or something. So see, I told you, I just stand by her and prove that God is alive and well. So, I'll get to that in just a second. So, since 1984, we started seeing each other. got married in 85. I was 12. She was 6. Kidding. Well, somebody came up to me, though, and said this. Hey, PB, I really love you. But I I don't care for Kim. I don't like Kim. How many knows that would not go over well with me? Because you can't really love me and not care about her. Because she is part of who I am. How many Christians say we love Jesus but we don't like the church? I love God, I love Jesus, but I don't like church. You see, we're getting something a little mixed up here because we've got to understand... Church is made up of people. And so somehow along the way, somebody's hurt you. And you're blaming God. We have to understand that the church is something God loves. Brett, I don't like church. It's full of hypocrites. Yeah, full of people. That's like saying I'm not going to the gym because it's full of people out of shape. I'm not going there. There's people that... Of course there's people. That's why they go to the gym. We should go to church. Unless you're saying you're perfect. We don't like boring. I don't like church. It's boring. Then God's not boring. It's people. Then don't be boring. Anybody thankful that God's not a hypocrite? See, God's always kept his word. He's always lived out what he said. Paul said this. Why do I do things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I want to do? What's Paul saying? I'm a hypocrite. This is a dude that wrote almost all the New Testament. And he's saying, there's stuff I know I'm not supposed to do that and I'm doing it. And the stuff I'm supposed to do, I'm not doing it. He's saying, I need a savior. I'm going to give you three reasons why we're called the bride of Christ. Are you ready? Here's number one. Intimacy. Intimacy. The closeness of a husband and a wife. Now, before you shut me out and go, okay, Brett, that's getting weird. That's, uh, what is it, uh, TMI? That's too much information. I can explain. It's a metaphor. 
Just like we were talking before, it's just symbolizing something else so that you can grasp a meaning. God's just trying to show you something. It's not literal, okay? Just an example. Real intimacy is about trust. We started True Life Church over 12 years ago. And this is our first building that's ours. And it's been a trust walk from the beginning. It's been something that we've just had to, okay, we're going to walk it out. Something, God, okay, I, I see it. Or maybe I don't see it. You've got to show me. But you walk it out. And the church has many members and it's growing every week. And that's awesome. And we love that. But it's about trusting and obeying. I can say I all love you very much. Most of, I know most of you. There's guests today and I, I love you. I don't even know you. And I believe that this will be called your home. I love you. But when I tell you I love you, you know that if you know me, you'll be like, he really means that. He does. But if I tell my wife I love her, it's a little different. I mean, I do love you, but I don't love you like I love her. It's a whole nother level of love. See, what God is saying when he talks about intimacy, intimacy, think about this, into me, see? Intimacy is, is knowing into, you know, you know people and then you know people. You see the real people. Kim knows the real me. I know the real Kim. You know, you, 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 let me, let's see this. How many of you know when you date somebody, you date the projected self? Isn't that true? You date the projected, everything's, everything's good. You like blue? I like blue, blue. We both like blue. That's great. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's so special. Kim and I were one of our first dates. We both undid the pepper and put pepper in our ketchup. We looked at each other and went, oh, you put pepper in your ketchup. I love that. This has got to be God. You date someone, you put on your best self. Come on, guys. If you're ever going to wear deodorant, that's the night you're going to wear it. You'll do even the check. If you're living alone by yourself, you'll go, okay, can I use this one that's on the floor? What if I turn it inside out? I don't know. But just your best self, when you're saying goodbye on the phone, I would just leave Kim's house. Just leave her house and go back to my apartment. I'm leaving her house. Ten minutes. Hello? Hello? I miss you. I miss you. I love you so much. I love you too. Okay, I'm going to go now. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. You still there? I'm still there. Oh, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. I love you. Almost makes you sick, don't it? <laughs> well, you know, I, looking outside, I'm thinking, I'd never do that. We did all of that. But then when you marry someone, you marry the real person. You get to see them in their jammies. Their curlers, without makeup, with makeup, morning breath, coffee breath. <laughs> you want to preach this for me? <laughs> morning, he says morning, morning hair. <laughs> the 
God is not interested in the projected us. I mean, it's always good to, to put on, uh, you know, and to be positive. That's not what I'm saying. But we have to understand, God wants the real you. Because the only way you're going to change the things that are wrong is to understand you've got a big God that can do that for you. But you've got to be real. We talked before about the truth setting us free. We've got to have the truth. God, you've got to show me how to do that. He doesn't want the church version of you. He wants the real you. One thing I got to say, my kids, as ornery as I am up here, my kids will tell you, and, and they're here today, at least I think most of them, they'll say he's just as ornery at home. The same guy you see here, that's the guy they see at home. That's what he wants. He wants the real you. He wants you to be not the fake you, but the real you. Paul goes on to say that we might be holy and blameless and blemish-free and wrinkle-free. We'd be a pure bride. Here's the second reason. Protection. Everybody say protection. The church is protected by our Father. The Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands. It doesn't say women, submit to men. It doesn't say women, submit to all husbands. It says, but to your husband. We got ladies and guys that get bent out of shape about all of that. It also says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Girls have to submit. Guys have to die. I don't know. We all have stuff that we have to do. Because it's not. Now, here's the thing. Here's the deal. And I mean, before you get out of whack on this, listen, you've got to start asking yourselves, ladies, are you somebody worth dying for? Husbands, are you somebody they could submit to? You see, it's not about, like, being powerful over. This is about being equal and saying, I love you. We all have, we share things. You know, how many knows marriage, if, now I'm not just talking to marriage, but even if you're not married, even in relationships, a lot of relationships, they're not just 50-50. It's got to be 100-100. Sometimes you feel like it's like 150-50. Or 25, and I don't even think they're showing up. Life can get like that. Paul's saying the, the love that Jesus had for the church, he died for her. And my wife says, honey, you used to be a redneck. I really never was a redneck. I, I don't think I was. I just didn't like seeing people get picked on that couldn't fight back. I just liked to, I wanted to protect people that just didn't have a way to protect themselves. I don't want to go to a gunfight without a gun, so to speak. But people can get mad right now. There's some people, how many knows there's people you know their fuse is like this. Everything's good until something goes wrong and then they're ready. They're ready to throw down right away. Their scale goes from zero to ten and kabam. Let's go. Let's do this. You've ever, ever had those situations? There's somebody that's just looking for trouble and you don't want to look for trouble no matter what you say, but they're looking and you're going to be the reason. And if you don't defuse it, there's going to be trouble. Right here in River City. With a capital T. All right, moving on. But I avoid fights as much as I can. Now, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Mess with me, that's one thing. Then I can make the decision, you know what, this isn't worth fighting. I'm not going to fight for this. This isn't, you know, dude, I don't want to fight you. I'm out. Okay? That's one thing. But you mess with my bride, you mess with my wife, now, all of a sudden, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Hulk, and everybody comes out. 
Things start happening because it's the bride, because it's my wife. She's my responsibility. I will do what is ever necessary to protect her, even if it calls for my life. That's how God loves you. That's how he loves me. You're his bride. And so many times he stepped in, and you don't even know it. How many knows our kids probably don't even know how many times you stepped in and saved their hind end? They probably don't even know. You just took care of it. They don't even know. When we get to heaven, we'll find out about all those times, I'm sure, that God came in and just miraculously saved us. We need to understand, we don't have to be pumped up. How many remember that? Listen to me now, believe me later, I'm here to pump you up. There's a flashback. We don't have to be pumped up, we just have to have the reality that God the Father is protecting us. And we just have to walk with that. We don't have to wait for the worship team to play our favorite song. We don't come to church with all these stipulations. We get to come to church. We don't critique everything. Well, this is bad, and this is bad, and this is bad. Shame on us for doing that. We need to come with the idea of, you know what, we get to come to church. We get to worship the Creator. We get to worship the One that loves us, that He sent His Son, so that we could live forever with Him. It's just good theology. Right in the middle of Ephesians 5, Paul gives us the gospel. And if you want to know the truth, God has already protected you. He's already healed you. He's already done everything. 2,000 years ago when Jesus went to the cross, he already did that. He died for everything you'd ever do wrong. Man, that's pretty sweet. Everything that you don't even know. Some of the things you're like, I haven't even done that yet. Good. Maybe you won't have to. Just start yielding to God. But he already paid the price for every sin. He took your sins and mine. And he calls us blameless, spotless, righteous. All because of something he did, not something we did. We are saved by grace. Somebody give God a shout right now. Hallelujah! That sounded like a golf clap. Brett's about to play through par four. Look at that. Oh, he's about 25 feet from the green. Today you might be saying, why would God do that for me? That's unfair. I've done so many bad things. Brett, you don't even know the things I've done or maybe the things you're doing. That's the scandal of the gospel. It's not fair. But that's what makes God so amazing. How many in here have judged? We've all judged. We do that. You know, I said, like I said, you know, I'd stand by Kim and say, yep, there's a God. I've had people say, how'd you get her? Man, you married up, didn't you? Boy, she's way out of your league. I want to... I with that in mind, because we make judgments on how somebody looks, whatever, we. Some of us beat ourselves up and we say, I don't get it. Now, listen to me. This is why the world, this makes this so great. Because people know you for you. 
They've been around you, they know you for you, and they know, oh man, or maybe you've messed up and whatever. And they're like, okay, yeah, you're messed up. You're always going to be a messed up. Why would God take you? Wow, you married up. He's out of our league. But God said, I'll leave the 99 and come find you. With all your problems, all your issues, all your weaknesses, God says, I love you. You see, my friend, that's grace. That's the grace of the gospel. He chose me. He chose you. He protects us. Because of Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross, we can be blemish-free. In other words, our sins can be forgiven. It's an amazing thing. It's the great exchange and how he does that and why. It's that great love. That's why God is love. Some of us, we're like, I can't even fathom that. Because there's people in the sound of my voice, you've been hurt. And you won't let forgiveness. Maybe somebody, maybe you hurt somebody, you won't even forgive yourself. But I'm telling you, forgiveness is a big deal. That's why if you can forgive whoever hurts you and, and be the church, not just do church, then God will come in and he'll make everything in your life have meaning. Paul goes on to say, at an appointed time, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to, to a woman and they'll become one flesh. And that's a profound mystery, it says. But we're talking about Christ in the church. We're called the bride for intimacy. Secondly, for protection. Here's number three. We have rights. We have rights. Because of what Jesus did, he chose us. We've received that grace and we have rights. We are one with Jesus. I've been married to Pastor Kim for over 33 years now. When I met her, her name was Kim Bowling. Just like the game. And when she married me, her name changed from Kim Bowling to Kim Gleesman. She became my bride. Now, over the years as we've been married, you know, I'd be at the office and maybe she had to deal with the utility company. Ever deal with a utility company? <laughs> Sometimes they're not so much fun. Sometimes you're probably dealing with someone clear in some other country, you know, or whatever. But, you know, this is what I, I've witnessed myself. I've come in. She's been on the phone or over the years we've, where she'll be talking to someone and they'll say, Is this Mr. Gleesman? And she'll, and she'll say, no, this is, this is not Mr. Gleesman. No, no, I need to know right now what you're going to do. No, we're only going to talk to Mr. Gleesman. And she'll say, no, you listen here. I am Kim Gleesman. I am Mr. Gleesman's wife. And anything you can say to him, you can say to me. I have rights and I have the same authority he has. Dang. You go, girl. See, she's understood that, man, it doesn't matter. because if, And this is what we used to tell our kids. If mommy says it, daddy says it. How many have kids? I come home from work one day, and Mallory, she's over next door so I can talk about her, <clears throat> came in and she came right up to me and she said, Daddy, can I have a piece of gum? And, you know, she just, the dark hair, those brown eyes, and she was probably five or six. And I said, sure you can, sweetheart. Pulled out a piece of gum and gave it to her. She turned right around, looked at Kim, and goes, because Kim had just told her, no, honey, you cannot have gum until after supper. And so then I got the look. I said, I, oh, I, 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 
And she said, you first, you need to check with check. You need to check with me when you come in because I told her she couldn't have gum. You gave her gum. Now she's playing you giving me an opportunity. And Mal's just all happy. Spit it out. Because you had to be on the same page because your kids will know how to play you. They'll go to the one that they think can break quicker than the other one. Or they can get their answer first and they'll say, Dad said... But what I'm trying to tell you is we have rights given to us from Jesus. We have authority in our houses. We have authority in our lives. We have authority in our families. We have authority in our community and in our city if we'd rise up and take it. We have rights today. According to the book of James, it says, When we pray, our prayers availeth much. In other words, they have weight. They mean something. It's not just idle words. You have rights today. I want you to use them. Let's not be at TLC just be doing church. Let's be the church. This facility God has given us, we're going to use it for the glory of God. And as, as we grow and as we figure this stuff out and we figure what's going on and how we can do this thing better and not just do church but be church better, it's going to impact our community. It's going to impact uh, our city, our families. We're going to see people change for the glory of God. Would you bow your heads today, please?